Alrighty, everybody. If that worked, everybody seen and heard the intro. If you didn't see and hear the intro and all you did was see us sitting around here looking like uh, goofballs and looking around and acting like nothing was going on, then it didn't work right again. <laughs> but anyway, this is episode 57, I believe, and our topic of the night is... Um, drifting, dragging, and anchoring lakes and rivers, and uh, we'll try to cover a little bit on the different types of year and and what you know what we do in certain times and situations. So, is everybody? Can they hear us and everything? Or it didn't work. Okay, it didn't work again. So I apologize. Did you see anything, or did you he not hear it, or what? What was the problem? I didn't see or hear any of it. Well, all you seen was us looking like goofballs. Thanks. <laughs> only, goof man. only goofball was Lyle. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Thank you. <laughs> all right. So I guess it's going back to the screen share and and doing it that way. So I apologize. Anyway, uh, Lyle will go ahead and start singing the song for you while he's doing that. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I hope everybody had a good week. Um, I'm not going to lie, I fell behind. I'm doing the Indianapolis Boat Sport and Travel Show this week, and I have not had a chance to put everybody's name together for the drawing this week. So while Chuck and Lyle are talking to you, I'm going to be getting that ready. Uh, to give away uh, for the ki the kids' picture <laughs> contest that I said. Um, so, uh, Chuck, if you want to go ahead and, and kick it off and start talking about the subject, uh, go ahead and head for it. Okay. Um, on, on drifting, uh, I guess it depends on what part of the country you're from. Um, it has different meanings from... From what I see, most guys on the East Coast call uh, drifting is what I call dragging, and it's real confusing when you're communicating people over Facebook and you know asking <coughs> how, how they do this and that. Um, you know, they're they're just so used to saying uh, drifting. Um, you know, and then they they show me a Santee Cooper rig and you know with a you know with a float on the leader and all this. Um, you know that you know I kind of know that what they mean is dragging. Um, you know, so a lot of times if everybody gets on the same sheet of, sheet, uh, sheet of music, I won't be as confused. But um, but you know, I haven't I haven't got into dragging very much. Um, I've been out about three times. Um, you know, the past few times I've been out, I've uh, I've did a little bit of dragging. Um, I'm I'm starting to get the uh, the floats and the stuff you need, and I've had the drift socks for a while, but I've been using been using them for different things. Um, you know, so most of the time, you know, I still do the controlled drifting, um, but I believe dragging is really going to pay off after I get to uh, experiment with it. Uh, there's a lot of conditions where you know you get out, and you know the the, with the wind and stuff, there's no way you can, you know, anchor properly. Um, you know, it it depends on the uh, the the current 
with the wind direction if you're able to drift properly, a uh, controlled drift. Um, you know, so you know, dragging on some flats with some drift socks and stuff. You know, it perfectly makes sense to me. I've uh, the past couple times I've been out, um, I haven't done really good at it, but uh, you know, I I believe that uh, it's gonna it's gonna get better as I learn how to do it. Um, on the on the lakes versus rivers and the uh, anchoring uh, versus drifting, um, mostly you know when I fish rivers, I like fishing rivers a whole lot better because it's not uh, there's not as much area to cover to me. You know, pretty much you don't have you know you may have a few sloughs here and there. Um, you know, when you go in and get your bait. You know, they may be three or four foot deep, the, the ones I usually go in. Um, you know, but you don't have all the flats that you got to go, you know, try to locate fish in and all that. It pretty much, um, you know, you've just got a channel edge on each side. And, um, you know, you've got the, 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 you know, the main channel out in the middle. Um, it's a lot easier fishing for me. Most of the time when I'm on the river, um, you know, there's good enough current, um, unless it's a river part of a lake, which is uh, directly below a dam, which the uh, the form of the lake is still skinny water. It's not uh, opening up yet. I, I still consider that uh, pretty much river fishing if the power company is giving me current. But uh, when I'm out fishing uh, regular rivers that I'm not having to rely on the power company to give me current, um, you know, pretty much I like, um, you know, doing small anchorings. I'll go anchor somewhere for 15 minutes, um, you know, and then, you know, move 100 yards down the river, find me another spot, anchor again, move down a little bit further, anchor again. Um, you, not having all that uh, area to cover, trying to find fish, it, it's a lot easier for me. On, on lakes, um that's where drifting really pays off for me, and uh, I really like doing it because it seems like that you can use drifting to go find the fish. Uh, you don't have to wait on them to come to you like you do when you're anchoring. Um, it, it's not as boring um, because you're always uh, ra raising your lines up, watching depths, trying to stay on the right contour lines. Um, you know, flicking back and forth from your your two two D sonar to your side imaging, you're trying to locate structure. You, you know, you may be marking structure for later on, um, or you you know you may want to um, make another pass, uh, get on a different contour line which moves by a piece of structure that you that you've already marked. Um, it it makes it more exciting. Um, you know, especially if you're keeping a hand rod in the boat, on um, you know doing a little bit of hand jigging also while you're, um, you know, doing your regular control drifting. Um, since since I've got the uh, iPilot, the iPilot is really, you know, that's about the uh, best tool that I have now. Um, you know, drifting. If I come up on um, you know, some pretty good action. I start getting some hits on some rods and stuff. It seems to help if I go ahead and spot lock on them. Um, you know, 
they're 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 used to uh, you know feeding with with the with their with the bait moving with the current. You know, usually if they see a a, a bait stop, you know that that probably looks unnatural to them because they're used to seeing everything going by at one speed. Um, I've I've actually got into fish before and started getting bites while I was drifting, and have spot locked on them and didn't get a bite at all while I was sitting on them, and then took the spot lock off, started drifting again, and they started hitting again. So um, I guess it just depends on you know the speed, of the current, you know what they're looking for. If feel it just don't. That that's probably what they're they're not concentrating on that they're looking at they're they're trying to use their senses on stuff that's moving by them because that's what they're used to feeding on. But um, you know most of the time in lakes, I don't like anchoring down unless it's winter time. The water temperature is under you know uh, 45 50 degrees, and I, I I find some good structure that's holding fish a good ledge. Um, some good logs, trees, something that the, the fish are holding tight to. Uh, then I'll anchor down on them on the lake and uh, fish on them. But usually um, I, I never fit, anchor down on the lake unless it's wintertime. Uh, on rivers, I, I do like to drift on rivers a lot, and it, it's really a lot of fun. Um, most of the time, you're having to use your your trolling motor to when you're control drifting to actually slow you down instead of uh, setting the pace for you. And you can actually, um, you know, stay on a certain contour line while you're using your trolling motor to slow you down, and uh, you know, staying on your preferred line that you're wanting to fish also. And um, that's about. That's about it for me. What you got, Lyle? Well, you know, um, I, I'm not a big uh, fan of fishing lakes for whatever reason, but uh, if it's winter or cold, any time that the water is below 50 degrees, I'm probably going to be anchored. If it's 50 degrees or over, I'm going to be dragging or, or drifting. And it, I agree with you that uh, people need to distinguish between dragging and drifting. Drifting... Uh, is the main thing we do on 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 uh, rivers. Uh, if we're fishing a lake, you're you're letting line out from anywhere uh, directly below the boat to 150, 200 feet behind the boat, and you're using your trolling motor to pull it along, uh, and you're just basically dragging it behind the the boat. And a lot of times, I'll suspend it up with a uh, with a cork of some kind or a float. Uh, to get it directly off the bottom seems to keep it from getting hung up a little bit. I know a lot of guys like no snag uh, sinkers uh, to keep uh, things from getting hung up. Personally, I have no use for them. Never had issues getting hung up unless I was in a lot of stuff anyhow. And uh, what I use nearly all the time are uh, uh, bank sinkers, and I'll either uh, run them off of a swivel on the main line and let the uh, bait drift up behind it, or uh, I'll, I'll use a uh, one of the really good yellow uh, sinker slides that Dave at Bottom Dwellers got. They work really well too. It just um, depends on what I've got, uh, how big of a hurry I'm in to, to dig for stuff out. Now, 
when it's below 50 degrees, pretty much all the time I'm going to be anchored up somewhere, whether it be lake or river. But um, the difference with what I do between lake fishing and, and river fishing is when we are on the Mississippi or the Missouri River, you know, and I know these guys think that they got current, but in the Ohio and places like that, but boys, I'm telling you right now, that is not current when you have to use your trolling motor to pull you downstream. Uh, current is when you hit that Missouri River and any time of the year, it's six mile an hour and up. Uh, we are using the trolling motors to try to pull us forward to slow the drift down as we go backwards with the current. And, you know, on the for just a second, let me stop and back up. On the lakes, I'm trying to be around a half a mile an hour when we're dragging baits, uh, even slower than that sometimes. Now, on the rivers, when we got this heavy current that we have, we're trying to slow down from uh, 0.5 to 1.2, something like that. And a lot of times the current we got is so strong, even running your trolling motor wide open, you can't get it down that slow. So you're just doing the best you can. And another way, you know, people talk about free drifted, and I know a lot of guys that do that are very successful with it. What we do uh, as far as free drifting is we're still using the trolling motor to hold our line uh, and sometimes we use a drift stock uh, I don't I used to use buckets all the time I don't use those anymore but uh, you know you, you try to get your line whether it be on a contour line or uh, along the outside bend where the ledge is at or uh, you know whatever wherever you're marking fish but we're slowing down, and, and we've usually got two to four rods uh, out the side or off the, and off the corners of the rear of the boat, and then back behind in the center, we're bumping bait. And uh, usually we're bumping from 100 feet to 150 to 200, something like that. And um, I actually keep track of that, and, and we'll catch more fish bumping than we do just dead sticking off the side of the boat. But... You know that there is a there is a world of difference between dragging bait on a lake or or you know you can drag bait on the Ohio River the current there I've never been there when there was any current I've been there several times and I know that that it gets current but it's never got any when I'm there and it's like it's to me it's like uh, uh, drifting Lake the Ozarks or some of these the Mark Twain something that doesn't have any current in it because we're just so used to having uh, unbelievable mouse current, and unless you've been in that kind of current, you just can't imagine what it is. And and uh, Craig and Brian and some of these guys that live over my area, they they can tell you they've been to them places, and and uh, they fish the Missouri a lot. And uh, there's just no comparison. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, it, it, there's there's just no way to describe it until you've been in it. And you know that's like some of these guys building anchors, you know. Well, my anchor will hold. Well, it might hold on the Ohio, but I've been in these guys' boats that had some of those anchors and have to throw them out eight or ten times because they will not, not only will they not stick, they won't reach the bottom. You know, they just won't. That's why we use Cat River anchors. There's nothing in heavy current that works any better than those. They are the best there is. They get to the bottom, and whatever's down there, they get a hold of. And then ones that's got the little prongs and stuff sticking out there, it's wasting your time. You can throw them at a wing dike, and it'll blow them off of there before they ever reach the bottom. 
And, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, I agree with that. You, you just have to be, you have to see it and be involved in it to, to understand the difference that we have. And uh, I understand the Potomac River has a lot of current, uh, depending on the tide and stuff. I, I'd like to go out there. I, I really need to do that because I think learning that way that tide would operate would be extremely interesting to me. Since we have no tide here, uh, Brian Sanders says the Missouri River occurred his friend. I agree. Uh, I love it, man. It's uh, I, I, There's just nothing like it. And, and if you're used to fishing that way, uh, when you go to one of these lakes and stuff and have to drag your bait instead of fight the current, it's just something together you're not used to doing. And, uh, you know, it's that's kind of where we're at. But um, there is a world of difference between dragging and, and, and uh, drifting. And uh, like I say, our, our thing is we bump bait along the bottom behind the boat and, and run dead sticks out the side. And you get down to St. Louis sometime when it's really on, it, your, your bites will be uh, very close to the same whether you're bumping or whether you're dead sticking. And uh, other times when the bite's a little off, one, time, one way will produce more bites than the other. And... Uh, you know, with any of that stuff, a lot of the things that makes a lot of difference will be your rigs, uh, the size of your baits. One day, one you know, one day it doesn't make any difference. You're using whole whole uh, skip jack or shad, and the next day they want a certain size or they want it rigged a certain way, and uh, it just all that plays into a fact. And 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 what you have to do is figure out on each day what's working. If you're anchoring and it's cold weather, and uh, one day you'll catch them on. Uh, the tips of the wing dikes, the next day they'll be on the outside of the dikes, and the next day they'll be in the holes, you know, underneath one, or they'll be out in the main current. So you just got to work to figure out where it's at and set up to where you find the fish and go after them. Yeah. All right. You want me to talk about it a little bit? You want to? I'm ready. All right. Lay it on us. I got, I got every... I got everybody's name so far uh, in the for the for the drawing, so I'm caught up there. Uh, I believe I got all the super fans, their super fan entries on there. There's quite a few entries. Everybody that that posted up pictures for the kids, thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. That was awesome. You guys were on that like before the show was over. Yeah, we had five five pictures up. I mean, that's just that's too cool. And and. We work really hard to involve women and kids, especially the kids in, in catfishing. And I'm not sure that I realized how many kids are involved in catfishing. And, uh, uh, you know, we, Rob and I worked on this deal to put a program together, and we noticed that there was more than we knew. And then when you made that up thing and, and talked about that last week, I mean, before the show was over, these pictures are getting slammed on there, and that's just amazing that, that because you don't realize how many kids are actually involved in it or want to be involved in it, but there could always be more. Yeah, and that's what we do, too. We try to get people to take their kids out, and, and you know, they, it's not that they might not, you know, have not wanted to do it. They just might not even thought about it. They might thought, oh, you know, they don't want to go out with me, and, you know, now we start talking about it. You show them. You sh if they show their, you know, kids that other kids are out there doing it, then, you know, that might get them in involved in it too. It might show that, you know, they're that their other kids are having fun with it. But 
Well, and, and you don't have to just take one child out with you. You can take two of them out, you know, and if the fish aren't biting, they can sit there in a the boat and play their video games or, or yeah. whatever it is that they talk about. You know, they'll, they'll still have a good time. It's, uh, just keep them busy if the fish ain't biting and they'll still want to go. I just noticed that Aaron really posted on here that he's fished up this way and that it's way crazy, and it is. If you're not used to it, it's uh, it, it can humble you a little bit or, or catch you off guard if you're not used to it. And he also to, said that you seem to not see the Ohio River gets some current, dang it. Yeah, I know it does, but I he's never had it I know, but he's fished at four and five miles an hour. I've been on it at like three and a half, you know, four mile an hour, and that kind of, you know, I, I mean, I, a lot of times, no, it ain't cranking that fast, but it does get some current to it. So don't let the Ohio River fool you. You get out on that body of water, you better respect it. When um, I was there last year at the Monsters, was the most current I've ever seen on that river. Yep. And 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 I was surprised. I, I really was because, like I say, every time I ever been on it up until then, it, it's uh, it's like a lake. But a lot of that is just me because I don't fish anything that don't have four, five, eight, nine mile an hour current all the time, you know. And uh, I, but I'm 11 miles from the Mississippi River. It's really hard for me not to fish that. Maybe <laughs> you know it really is. And uh, the Missouri River is one of the hardest rivers to learn how to fish and be successful consistently at. And, you know, you got guys like Brian and, and Craig and, and uh, Andrew Little that, that are very good at it. Troy lives over Columbia, you know. Them guys are bad on that Missouri River. They've got it going on, and, and they're very successful. Uh, but But it's a horse of a different color, even compared to the to the the Mississippi, uh, the Missouri doesn't have any uh, dams on it. From what is it, South Dakota down? So it's just kind of wild, free flowing. Other than the wing dikes, and now that they've decided not to maintain those any longer, as soon as they blow out or deteriorate away, it'll be like the old West days on it. You know, it's it's going to get uh, back to where it was at. And uh, you know, some of the sandbars that a lot of us fish and catch fish off of for a long time. Uh, some of those will, will will either get bigger or they'll disappear in the flooded time. So uh, we're looking forward to some stuff in the next 20 years or so. So yeah. so even though even though they don't need to generate power, they're uh, they they usually let the uh, they're usually letting the current go by the dams to keep to keep the uh, flood control steady and all that good stuff. Well, the the dams on the Mississippi River, there are some that do they do generate power, but most of them are for flood control. What, um, what about the Missouri? The Missouri, the only as far as I know, and to my knowledge, and I might be wrong about this, and I'm sure if I have somebody will correct me on here, but they there is a couple of of lakes that are dammed up way up north. And they are for water supply for some big communities up there. And once that is passed there, there is no more dams. And my understanding, if I, if I remember correctly, from South Dakota to where it dumps into the Mississippi down here in St. Louis, there is no dams uh, of any kind from South Dakota down. So it's the longest stretch of any major water uh, river that, I, that I'm aware of that doesn't have any, any dams in it to control it. And... Uh, it really does get wild. It, it really does. 
Yeah, that's you know that's the Ohio River. You know, it is is like the Tennessee River. Um, you know, there, you know, you you have to rely on the the dams to uh, you know to give you current unless there's heavy heavy uh, flood conditions. Um, you know, on up river somewhere where they have to release water. You know, right. And and try to keep everything level. Um, yeah. Now, when the floods hit on the Mississippi, they they just open them all up because they're trying to get it to pass through as as quickly as they can, so it doesn't do any more damage uh, than it does. But uh, they still slow it down some. You know, the dams, even though they're running wide open, um, a lot of times in flood conditions, it's not as fast on the Mississippi as it is in Missouri and some of that may be due to the fact that it's really really wide in a lot of areas you can get up around Keokuk, Iowa it's way way wide up there they got a big old wide dam that goes across that really pretty up there uh, but it's it's slower current because it's so wide and you get down to where it pinches at certain areas like uh, around right above the Clarksville dam or or a Saberton dam uh, it really gets to rocking through there because it's it's not nearly as wide and uh, but there there's areas when the Mississippi is over a mile wide and there's other areas where it's not like that but where it's not wide it's really really deep too. Okay, so so the Lake of the Ozarks is that is that river that's on the Lake of the Ozarks is that a river that's coming off of the Missouri? Or does it feed out the Lake of the Ozarks into the Missouri? The the river that the Truman Lake and Lake of the Ozarks are on is the Osage River, and it comes out of Kansas and runs up, and they dammed it off and made uh, Truman Lake, and then on the other side of the dam, they dammed it off at Bagnall there at Highway 54 and made Lake of the Ozarks, and then it runs from there on down. And right below Jefferson City, it dumps into the Missouri River there, and then on into the Mississippi. Okay, so so that river right there don't have the heavy flows as the Missouri does. No, but you know, it, in the springtime or, or a lot of times in the summer too, um, I, I one of my if I'm going to fish a lake and I'm just going to go out to go fishing, a lot of times I'll head to Truman Lake. I dearly love Truman Lake because of the Osage River runs through it, and there's almost always current in it. And when I say current, I'm talking about a mile and a half an hour or better. Um, you know, there, it's really uh, a, a really cool place to, to fish down there. And, um, you know, there's other rivers that run into the Osage, the Sac, and some others that, that make that to what it is. But uh, Truman seems to always have a little bit of current out like the Ozarks most of the time. Now, not always. It depends on if they're running water through the dam or not, that it will not have current unless they got the dams uh, generating or they're, they're trying to lower the levels or whatever, but uh, that Osage River is a really, really good place to fish if, the, if you want to catch some quality fish and with the new regulations that we've got in place for Truman and Lake Ozarks, those, those regulations on the 34-inch rule and the slot limit, that applies on every tributary that, that uh, goes into those two lakes. So uh, the Sac River, the Osage River, all those are affected by that and you're only allowed two over 34 uh, per day per person. Uh, you can keep, I believe it's up to 10 
uh, unders and none in the slot limit, and that that is going to make that such a you know it's going to be a Wheeler Lake in in ten years if people will just leave it alone and let it go and 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 they have a lot of of tourist attractions down there and and people come from miles and miles to fish those two lakes. If they'll give it the time to get these fish to the size they need to be, the motels will be packed and the restaurants will be packed and the gas stations have lines getting in them because people are going to be want to fish the same way they want to fish Wheeler in 10 years. Yeah, I heard that. Scott said, uh, he said the Wabash River is the uh, longest, it's the Wabash River in Indiana, it's the longest undammed river east of the Mississippi. Cool. So, and, and I believe it. The the it has one dam at the Huntington Reservoir that I talk about all the time, where I fish for my channel cats. Uh, it's one of the best one of the best places around me. It's about an hour north, but there's a dam there, and then I believe it runs, and that's that's pretty far north of the state. It runs across the entire state uh, of Indiana over to like the Illinois side area, and then it runs straight south all the way down to the Ohio River, and it has a white river that, uh, that dumps into it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know of any other dams besides the Huntington Dam that there is on it. So, And that's the longest undammed un river east of the Mississippi. Yep, according to Scott Wiseman. So if this fact is incorrect, you send him your hate mail. Well, I'm pretty sure that Scott believes that to be true, or he wouldn't have said it. But yeah, if you got hate mail, send it his way. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of these rivers, the Tennessee River, the, I'm sure the Ohio River, you know, as much uh, areas as they cover, as many tributaries that feed into them, um, a lot of times of the year uh, they do get ridiculously, uh, you know, in floodplains, where they're actually opening, uh, you know, not only rubbing, running generators or turbines to generate power, they're having to open up floodgates. And I've seen, uh, you know, Gunnersville Dam, Wheeler Dam, and Pickwick Dam just flowing wide open. Um, you know, didn't get in a boat. And, I mean, that's about how it looked. Even on the lake, um, you know, the current was running uh, so steady through the lake you know, it, it's it's almost like being in the main river. And by being in that lake, you can actually tell where the main channel is. Uh, the, the way that current runs through those real big lakes, when you get to Gunnersville Lake and you're on, uh, and you're crossing 431 Bridge, um, I mean, it looks so big, you think you're crossing. Big, massive, but the the river channel is probably, you know, 50 yards across. Um, and, and if you get out there in the boat, you know, the the uh, flats on each side of it, they they have a little bit of current. But if you fish in that flat and then you move on over in that river channel and you cast that line out, um, and, and then all of a sudden your line just comes up, you know, and it's just about on top of the water behind the boat. Um, that, that's why I, when, when I fish these lakes and stuff, I actually, and, and I'm concentrating on the river channel, and I set my depth finder for the safety on 30 foot or 45 foot or however 
uh, what whatever the depth is, uh, and try to omit the um, you know the flats and any of the backwater. And I concentrate on that lake being a river, um, you know, and that way I can actually see deeper tributaries coming in. And uh, where they're hitting the the main channels of the that's running through the lakes and stuff, and by um, you know u using my uh, depth on my charts in that way, uh, you know that really helps me you know when I'm fishing and trying to find fish, um, especially in the spring and fall. Uh, you know just just setting your depth at 30 foot, um, you know whatever the uh, you know the the depths are on them channels, and just just pretend like those flats and stuff aren't there if they're running that current really good, because those fish are going to be in that channel uh, feeding because that they know they can get food in that channel. Now, real quick, uh, I, th I believe it was Brian Saunders asking about Cumberland City and the skipjack down there. Um, being at the booth this week, I I talked to. Um, might have been Josh Worth, I believe he was. I think I talked to him on Sunday, or no, it might have been, might have even been Saturday, and he was there Friday night maybe. And the last report that I heard about Cumberland City was that uh, the water was up a lot. It was muddy, and it was pretty hard. They were pretty hard to catch. Um, yeah, and that you know, pretty much the water was you know the it had been cooler and everything, but you know, with as up as it was and and as muddy as it was, they were they were difficult and so. That's the same thing I heard today. So, yep, I uh, I figured I'd let you guys know that I did hear that. Um, before I before I start talking about my experiences on drifting, anchoring, dragging, and all that stuff. I want to go ahead and do this drawing uh, for the uh, kids' pictures and stuff. And, and if you win, um, please get, you know, get with me or get with Rob or however, however you do it and get the, get the hoodie or whatever for the kid. That's what we were wanting. So if you, I mean, if you, if your picture was with a nephew or something or somebody that you know, isn't going to wear it, you know, I guess you can get yourself one, but uh, for the most part, we wanted this to be a, a kid's kind of uh, contest, so get the kid's size and get something for the kids. Um, I don't know exactly how many entrants we had, but here I'm going to copy everything, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my screen share. And I think we're going to do it this way again. We're going to go, all right, uh, the first, you guys are going to say a number between 1 and 10, and the first number that I see is the one that I'm, how many times I'm randomizing it. So you guys just start putting numbers in there. The first one I see, and I'm going to tell you how many that, that number was. That's how many it's going to be. First one I see. Come on, people, put some numbers in here. I know there's a little bit of delay, so. Yeah, Glenda. 
Besides Chuck Davidson. <laughs> hey, I waited five minutes, man. <laughs> Come on, people. I just wanted to see how fast it would pop up. It popped up immediately. All right, Major Brown. Major Brown, number th with the number of three. Thank you, everybody. That I mean, that shows me that, and then lets lets you guys know you're probably all on about a twenty second delay from where we are live. But that's probably just you know the video you know transmitting through YouTube and everything else that it's doing. Um, but you see me on randomized.org right now. I'm doing this three times. Thank you, everybody, for putting numbers in. You can stop now. <laughs> But all right, so they're still gonna be coming in. So. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, we got, we're gonna do three. I'm gonna hit it the first time right now. This is number one. Jason Big Cat Matheny is not the winner, but he's their number right now. Number two, James Stroker. Sorry, you're not the winner. Number three, Brown Catfishing. Brown Catfishing, you just won your kids a whisker wear apparel hoodie. So congratulations, congratulations, Ooh, Brown Catfishing. As a good guy too, I'm glad uh, that he won. I'd been glad whoever won it, but I'm just I'm glad he won it. Well, uh, Phil Phil does a lot of things with that uh, side of his for yep. keeping up all the tournament stuff. He does it for to he makes zero dollars off of it. He does it because he enjoys it, which is the reason we do some of this stuff and. Uh, it's nice to see him take his wife and his kids and go out fishing. They just, you know, you can tell they're having a good time and they're always catching good fish. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't think he's on. I don't think he's in the chat. I know he was moving last week, so I'm not sure if he's all set up and good to go or not. But probably yep. did. Yep. Congratulations to him. Um, Thanks, Rob, for, for letting us have this stuff to give away. That's awesome of you. And no, Jason, like I said, I, if I don't, I, I shouldn't look bored, but I was, uh, like I said, for the first half of the show, I was getting everybody's name in that list because I had been so busy doing uh, many other things, including running the ICA booth out at the um, Indy Boat Show and everything, that I just completely forgot about it and, and and didn't get it done beforehand. I also haven't got the uh, last episode put over on the main website and haven't got it uh, put onto the podcast yet, which um, <clears throat> just get you just get behind and things like that happen, but I do the best I can. Um, well, I'm, having a, I'm having a blast out at this. Uh, what's that? Rob says he'll get with Phil. That's awesome. Thank you, Rob. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the... Uh, the uh, the indie boat sport and travel show. I'm I'm having a blast. I'm I'm mentioning Catfish Weekly to some people. I talked to a guy today, who's with uh, he's with Humminbird uh, Johnson Outdoors, Minkota Humminbird. Uh, he's actually part of the IT group, the software, and 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 that kind of the back end there. So he has a lot of knowledge about what's going on with updates, what's going on with like technical issues and things like that, maybe installation uh, things for Humminbird and Mincota. And I asked him if he would have a problem at all being on the show at some point and just answering questions for people or, or doing whatever, you know, talking about new things that might be coming up or new updates that might be coming about. 
he sounded pretty interested in that. Told gave me his email address, phone number, all that stuff. So um, that's one one person that we might have on the show with with some good information to have. Um, so definitely think about some questions for for him at some point because I'd like to get him on soon. Uh, also with uh, one of the neighbor neighboring booths, uh, I, he has a basically a, a bobber that. Uh, can be take on, taken on and off of your line without cutting your line and stuff. It basically has a rotating top and a rotating bottom that locks it on. Uh, has an, an applicator for a bobber stop and everything like that. Um, it's a pretty cool product. I, I mean, for all of us cat fishermen, we all do uh, uh, bait fishing for bluegill and um, uh, creek chubs and, and all kinds of, you know, we crappie fish. We do all kinds of other fishing, so if, if you're like me at all, uh, you you use bobbers and you use slip bobbers and things like that. Um, I'm gonna see if I can't work on getting him to donate a package or something as a giveaway, and maybe do a little video with him to show off exactly what he has. Um, but we'll see. I can't promise anything yet. Um, but there's there really is a lot at this indie boat show, and I'm trying to I'm I'm gonna have some some things out for Catfish Weekly to get us out there a little bit as well. I talk to people about it and let them know, and we talk about catfishing, and uh, you know there really is a lot of people interested in it. There's more and more. We'll be do we do seminars every day about catfishing at the show, um, you know, so it's really cool. But uh, I'm gonna talk a little bit about my experiences with uh, dr dragging, drifting, anchoring. Um, first off. I think about water temperature. Uh, water temperature when I go out somewhere and when I'm when I'm I guess pre-staging or pre-planning for fishing somewhere, I think about what the weather temperature is, how long it's you know been that temperature, what the water temp might be. Um, you know we've talked about it before on here. Uh, I think what are you guys like? Uh, was it 52 or 42 or something like that where you where you start drifting? I'm around 50, anywhere from 48 to 52, but 50 is a magic number for me. Yeah. Yeah, so so 48, 50, you know, you know we're all kind of in that same area and you know, we 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 decide I a lot of people I guess think that even at 48 and 50, you can't drift and it, it, that's not the case. I mean, Anytime that you think that nothing can happen a certain way, you're probably wrong. Um, whether it's unlikely or not, you know, yeah, it might be right, but that doesn't mean it ain't going to happen. Like you could find pretty active feeding fish at 40-degree water, you know, drifting. You, you could drift over the hole where they're all sitting at and catch fish. Um, the reason why guys don't do it and what you might want to think about is it, is... I guess the colder the water, the slower like the metabolism of the fish. The less that they want to eat, the more they retain the the food that they do eat. You know, they, they, it's almost a hibernation effect that they have uh, when the water's colder. That that they make that food that they eat last longer for their body. Uh, they store that energy up. They're not they're not actively moving around the water, so that energy that they they take in is is lasting them a whole lot longer. Um, now. When that's happening, a lot of times guys will will start to bait down. 
instead of using these the huge pieces of bait, they might you know cut that in half, um, and, and try to get a smaller bait out in front of these fish because they're not eating as much uh, because they don't need it. They 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 felt as if you know they are only going to need to to eat a little bit more. I mean, I guess it will depend on what stage they're in. Um, you know, and they, and they could eat a you know a whole shad or a whole skipjack still too. I'm not saying they won't do that either. It's a good idea to have different sizes of baits out and sort of see what's going on and and adapt. But the colder the water, the more I'm going to start to look to anchor. So if I get out and I see colder water or something, I, I'm most likely going to anchor up somewhere. Um, but like say you get to the fall and in, in the spring or whatever where it's still warm enough to where you're going to drift there are a couple of different drifting techniques you know that that we use we go we call dragging and drifting i call i call basically if it's a vertical i call that drifting if i throw rods off the back and i'm pulling them around with my trolling motor and stuff like that that's dragging um that you know, like we we're just talking about with the water temperature being colder, that their metabolism slows, uh, and they eat less or or not as often, one or the other, or or a little bit of both. When it's warmer, you, these fish are actively searching for food and you know looking for stuff, and and they're burning a lot of calories or energy looking for this food, so they're going to eat more often. And the guys who are drifting in tournaments are normally catching more fish because of the fact they're covering more water. And when these fish are on the move, um, you're, you're finding these. You're finding these active feeding fish faster. You know, I mean, instead of just having your, your, your bait sitting in one spot, finding active fish, where, whereas if you know a lake and you might know a, um, a channel that they travel a lot, you know, that might be a good, uh, still a good time to anchor if you know that that area has traveled well by by active feeding fish it's it's not a you have to do it you know if you know the body of water you can you can adjust the dragging drifting anchoring method that most guys use to to do what you know is right because there's there's the Huntington Lake that I, I fish a lot um, you know guys that, that are drifting it there's there's a chance that I could anchor fish that whole lake and beat them because I know the lake a whole lot better than they do, and they've never been there. But they're they're going to catch a lot of fish, and they're going to have a good shot because they're catching a lot of fish drifting. Um, but you know, I, I it, there's places there where I feel more comfortable, uh, or it's more possible to anchor than it is to drag. It's just not possible to drag in certain areas of that lake, uh, some small coves and things like that, where you really can't drag or drift. Um, or really shallow areas, things like that that you can't turn around in or something. Um, so, you know, the the I guess if the guys that want to know, like, what should I be doing? I've got this lake near me. Should I be drifting it? Should I be dragging it? How should I drift it? Um, you know, that's where you have to be, the, the, your time on the water. You, 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 have, you know that lake. You should know where... Um, bait is if you know where bait is uh, that's a good place to start you know find find the bait and then start looking in the that roundabout area 
where you where you would think fish should be at. Um, if it's a good enough open enough area, if you don't have like tons of trees and tons of hangups, start drifting the area. Um, you know, start you know you can do a vertical drift on a lake. You can use your trolling motor to pull you around that way. Uh, basically, a controlled I think is what Chuck was saying that you would call it a controlled drifting. Uh, and controlled drifting, most of most of the guys that do that, we we like to drift right around a half mile an hour. Between a half mile an hour, you know, some a little, you know, we're talking plus or minus. Sometimes 0.3 mile an hour. Sometimes 0.6 mile an hour. Sometimes 0.8 mile an hour. Um, depending on what you're seeing, you might notice that if you pick up the speed, you know, one notch, you start getting more fish, and it it really can be. Just the fact that it's moving just a little bit faster, and they want that presentation that little bit faster. But the uh, the drifting, uh, one you know, another another thing you want to think about when control drifting with trolling motors, like a lot of the guys now are using uh, the iPilots, um, the iPilot remotes, and the iPilot trolling motors. Um, one thing you want to think about doing is using your trolling motor to bring you up and down off of ledges. You know, if you have if you have the lake or something that's a bit, uh, that's a uh, not going to get you hung up in the way that you, you know it's not going to be too frustrating or whatever. Normally, when you pull your when you like say you do a zigzag pattern up and down off of a ledge. A lot of times that, for me, the, the drop off of the ledge, when you're pulling that bait down and it's coming off of that ledge, that either right off the drop or right at the bottom of it, but right in that area, that's that triggers a lot of the strikes. For whatever reason, fish like to hang right on the ledge area, right where it starts to drop down. Uh you know, or they'll hang, you know, right near the bottom of that ledge. I mean, just somewhere in that ledge area, they'll they'll hang on it. And when they see something come over the top of it and just start to come down, it almost it's a it's it's a bait fish mentality that's coming towards them or something, and, and they 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 just attack it. And that's you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of good hits and, and got good fish doing that. Um, if you, you know they have like follow the contour with hummingbird, which is great. You know you can do that too. That you know you can actually find. A ledge that isn't a complete so you know like a super fast drop off. It doesn't go from four, you know four foot to forty foot in less than ten feet or something. Uh, but you can see that with the with the contour lines on your your fish finder that there's a good you know twenty foot section that's dropping off at about you know uh, 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 I don't know a foot every foot or so, and it's a, it's just got a slight drop and Say at four foot and ten foot is the bottom, and you you're marking your fish at six foot. You can tell your fish finder, I want to follow this six foot contour line, and you can pull your bait right along that six foot contour line, so you're not coming up and down off of the ledge, but you're actually drifting that ledge itself. Um, so I mean, you can you can go about it two different ways if you have the ability. The the I the uh, follow the contour. Um, I believe only works with the link. 
I'm not positive on that. I think so. I'm just I'm kind of going off my memory right now. But the the iPilot link where it links your trolling motor to your to your fish finder, and that tells it you know I, you know I want my trolling motor to follow that depth line. Um, and, and I've used that before, and and I've done pretty good with it. And I'm you know still new technology. It's still something that I'm you know learning and working with and. When I get my new Onyx and Ultera and everything, I'll you know have so much more to learn. But I'll definitely be doing videos and I'll be sharing with you guys on here what I'm seeing and and let you see what I'm doing. But uh, that's a little bit about you know for for the time of year what I do, um, and, and lakes and rivers. I don't for for river systems. I don't drag very much. I have heard of guys that do. Um, for for river systems, I, I I tend to either anchor or vertical drift, one or the other. Um, there's also back bouncing. Um, if you guys have not heard of back bouncing, it's uh, when you have a lot of current, like what what Lyle was talking about. Have you have, did either of you guys talk about back back bouncing at all? Uh, Lyle touched on it just a tad. Just a little bit. Okay. Well, yeah. If you haven't, if you have a lot of current. Um, the idea of it is that you're anchored up. You anchor up like below a dam or somewhere where you got a good amount of current. Um, you take your your uh, rod and you 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 hook your bait on it. You have uh, you probably start out with like an ounce of weight, maybe. That's not back bouncing. No. That's slipping. What's that? That's slipping. You're just slipping the bait down the river as you're anchored. Back bouncing is when you're drifting backwards and you're bouncing that behind you. As you're moving, as you're, you're just, moving. Yep, you're just back bouncing. What you're talking about is just slipping the bait. That's there's a lot of guys that do that. Very, very good way to do it, but that's not back bouncing. That's not your. Yeah, that's not what you would consider back bouncing. I don't consider that. That's slipping the bait down to a current seam as you're sitting there anchored up. Yeah, that's I've I've been under the impression at least some guys consider that back back bouncing. They may call it that, but you know. James Patterson is one of the most successful guys in the world at doing that. You know, he takes people out on guided fishing trips. Been doing it for a hundred years, I guess. He's a real nice old guy, and he'll sit there and he'll let them sit for a minute. He'll pick them up and he'll let some some line out and bounce it along down through there, and he'll set it in a rod holder and he'll go get the next one and and do that. And and he is extremely successful. It's a deadly way to catch fish, yeah. but. For, to back bouncing, when you got a hand rod in your hand and you're bouncing it along as you're drifting backwards down that river and you're just letting it bounce off the bottom as you slip down through there, going backwards with the current trolling motors trying to slow you down and and you you got that bait 150 to 200 feet behind you and and the bait gets to the fish long before any noise or vibration or anything does and. Uh, okay. When it hits them, there is no question you've got to fish on because the only time that you'll get a bite doing that is, is if they're really aggressive and they'll try to jerk that, that bumping rod out of your hand and the fight is on. Yeah, the Major Brown said when he asked on the chat, he said when drifting, do you always try to keep lines straight down or should they lean with the current? Uh, most guys, they, they you haven't, like I like to drift, even in you know the Ohio River with not a lot of current, I'll put 8 and 10 ounces on. To make sure my line is straight down. That's right. Um, straight down is, you know, it's just so much easier for for when, and and especially what what he's talking about the leaning with the current. 
is when you start to slow your boat down slower than the current, it will pull your lines out behind the boat. So to counteract that, you need more weight to keep your line straight down. Uh, and then to keep it straight down, you know, you, you're gonna, you might have to have eight ounces on, you might have to have ten ounces on, whatever it is. Uh, but that, if you're letting it go off to the back of the boat, there, I mean, it's still gonna slow it down. It's just, it's, it's gonna be harder to, um, it might be harder to recognize that you got a fish on. Um, it, you, you deal with tangles and things like that easier. Um, so most guys, it's going to be straight down. Well, if you don't, if you don't have enough weight on it to keep your your dead sticks going straight down, you have no idea how far off the bottom that stick is. Nope. You know, but with the current, it might be two foot behind the boat and a foot up. But you know, you don't know what the the current is down below the surface. So if it's slower, it may be going up, or it may be going behind the boat, which is generally what happens. But it could be three, four, five, six feet above the bottom. And and if you're wanting it down where it's a foot off the bottom, and that's what I try to do. I try to use a, a one crank of the reel up off the bottom to keep it from dragging along the bottom when we're dead sticking. But you know, if it's not going straight down, you have no idea how far off the bottom it is or how far behind you because of the water. As you look into it, you can't see it in a river uh, very often anyhow, but, but it's deceiving if you could see in it because it looks like it's going at one angle. In fact, it's actually going another angle. Right. And it's important. I, I try to make sure every rod has the exact same weight because even if you try to stagger them and you, you put your your heaviest weights of up current and then your lightest weights down current it never fails there's going to be a place that you see that you're going to want to turn your boat around and and you know maneuver your boat over maybe take a different contour line um, you know maybe maybe you want to uh, circle a hump one more time where you've seen a bunch of fish uh, if you don't have the exact same weights I try to use eight ounces unless there's really rough current uh, even if even if the the water's perfectly calm uh, I use eight ounces anyway um, you know and for another thing if boats pass you and make big wakes um, you know you it helps your, your rods you know, flex a little better, have a little bit better bounce and all. But if you ever try to fish with somebody, you, you take somebody fishing and you got one side of the boat, you got your eight ounces out, and, and they're fishing out the other side, and they got a three on this one, a four on this one, the one on the back of the boat, they're trying to flip free line with one. And, uh, you know, you try to maneuver that boat a little bit, um, you know, stuff get tangled up in a hurry well i took a guy out and we fished the ohio river on a day where it was it was booking at two and a half three mile an hour <laughs> and <laughs> wow shut up you guys are hilarious man <laughs> it was booking at three mile an hour for us okay it was booking <laughs> and i had and, and i had told him i was like i got i got a. Uh, I got, you know, 10 ounces on, you know, 10 or 12 ounces on, whatever. No, actually, it was, it might have been 16 ounces. I two eight ounces on or something to keep me straight down. And he was trying to do with five or six ounce sinkers. And it was a guy, uh, um, 
out of California, and, and he, we were drifting the Ohio River, and he only had six ounces on, and his line was just, I mean, basically just pulled way off behind the boat. And like Lyle said, we have no <coughs> idea how high it was in the water. And about the time I said, well, all right, well, we're about done, I, you know, let's get done and uh, start heading back. He went to start reeling that thing in, and he had about a 15-pound blue on that fish or on that line that was way off the back out there. Um, you know, so the things that you might not think would work, you know, they can work. That whatever he did, he caught fish, and I didn't. It wasn't a huge fish, but it was a blue, and you know, it might have been because that bait was moving faster than mine was. Um, who knows? You know, but. You know, that's just, uh, don't be afraid to try something. I mean, if you see something that um, the crappie guy is doing that you think would work for catfishing and you haven't heard anybody doing it, give it a shot. I'll tell you right now, if you guys really want to learn how to drift on a lake, watch some of these shows that are on from what these walleye guys do up on the Great Lake. I'm telling you, the stuff they use will work for catfishing. I've, I've incorporated a lot of that kind of stuff uh, into that, and, and those guys have been doing it for years. They're extremely successful. It's just a different kind of bait. We're not using plugs and jigs and minners and stuff like that. We're using cut bait and, and half a skipjack or whatever, but if it works like they do it, it will work for catfishing. I'm telling you, it does. Aaron Wheatley says in Kentucky, they anchor, they drift, they walk, they bounce, they drag. So what he's basically saying is they catch fish down there, boys. Yeah, you can use uh, the planer boards too if you want to, uh, you know, spread your presentation out more. You know, get you, so. couple, get you a couple of planer boards, put out the back corners of the boat. Um, you know, instead of, you know, staggering a few rods, you know, you can have some, uh, you know, out the corner of the boat, uh, you know, have one on up in a flat and have one on out in the channel a little bit. And uh, you're out in uncharted waters, you know, you don't know what's out there. Most of the time where your planer boards are, your, your side engine's just barely getting out in there. So you really don't know what's out there. And that'll give you a whole nother uh, scent trail. Um and another presentation out, you know, where you, where you can find fish. I would I would I would also add that I don't know if uh, um, who all sells planer boards, but I can tell you one company that does because they have a booth directly across from me. It's called Church Brothers Tackle, um, and and that's they got a whole booth full of planer boards and things like that. So that might be somebody to check out too. I don't know if they have a website and stuff, but yes, yeah, okay. They've been doing it a long time. There, there's two or three of the major planer board companies, and then things come in different sizes. And you can get on YouTube and watch. There's guys that make videos that tells you how to make your own. Personally, I don't have time for it, uh, you know. But uh, I've got some planer boards, and, and um, I would come more near thinking on a low current river or lake or something. They will work better. I'll, I'll, I'm afraid that we got so much current, they just take the damn things and they go underneath the water and you don't know where they're at. Uh, but on, on a slower current river or on lakes and stuff, 
uh, I believe pulling those gently behind the boat would be an excellent way to catch fish, especially on flats if you don't have them set too deep. Uh, when them fish go up there to feed, I think that would be the, uh, you know, I've got them, I've tried it, I wasn't successful at it, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm ready to try it again, and, and I've thought about it and watched how the guys do it for different species, and, and uh, I think I've got a better outlook on, on what I need to do to make it operate. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try it again this year, but um, uh, in, in heavy current, the ones that I have, they just go underneath the water and then they're gone. You can't see them. You don't know if they're doing anything or not. And I assume that they're headed to the bottom because I just start reeling them up. It takes forever to get them back. But, uh, you know, I, I think that most of the ones I have seen are designed for low current conditions. Bugs is the ones I've got. Thank you, Bobby Miller. That's the kind I have. I, I'm real quick here. I, I want to go ahead and say everybody's name that was entered in the contest, so you know. I didn't do that this time. I forgot, but I'll, I'll do that right now, uh, so that way you know that I had you entered in the contest and I didn't miss anybody. Uh, Chris Jones, Jason Hilker, Scott Wiseman, Jack Height, Joseph Gordon, Jason Huggins, Chaz Anderson, Jason Big Cat Mathenia, Jeremy Griggs, Shannon Stroker, Jason Malone, Brown Catfishing, of course, Josh Hollis, uh, Chad Wall. Daniel Parsons, Darren Keim, Rich, Richard, Richie Blakely, Ryan Clark, Mark Buxman, Scott Woody, Justin Browning, Anthony Robinette, Scott Manning, Claude Reynolds, Joe Sandbauer, Jason Kentner, Rena Stitcher, Cad Daly, John Harden, and Brian Saunders. That was everybody that was entered into that contest. Um, hopefully I didn't miss anybody. If I did, I do apologize. Um... I think what I'm going to do for next week's giveaway, that well, for this, this week's giveaway, but we'll do it next week, is um, I will pick somebody randomly who has subscribed to our videos on YouTube. So you need to go to YouTube, look up month, um, Catfish Weekly. Uh, when you get there, find our page or whatever and subscribe to our videos on YouTube. And I will randomly pick a winner for... Another uh, whisker wear, either a t-shirt or something like that. So um, go do that to be entered in for next week. You guys cool with that? Lyle yes, Chuck? sir. Yes, yep. good. All right. Slackline Catter, if, if I did forget you, I, I really do apologize. I'm sorry. But I, I went through uh, both our page and our group, and I thought I, I thought I found them all. He may be un he may have been under his alias. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, I think we got it for tonight. Um, Chuck, do you got a closing statement for anything? I sure don't. Uh, I'm just ready to get out and try to catch some fish. This darn weather yeah. and my work just don't uh, are not cooperating at all. And my mm -hmm. boat's been out there calling my name and crying and everything else, and I, I can't do nothing for it. <laughs> you comfort her, right? You go out there and give her a hug. and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. It's uh, you know, I got so much work to do on it, and um, you know, but by the time you know I get around to it. You know, the it, it's pouring down raining or something. I just don't have nowhere to work on it inside here where I'm at. So 
I guess I'm going to have to wait for a nice day when I'm ready to go fishing and just have to work on my boat all day instead of fish, I guess. I don't know. Slackline, it wasn't, it wasn't for uh, uh, being, being present on the chat. It was basically for those who posted a picture uh, in, our, in our Catfish Weekly page or group of a kid with a catfish or with a fish. So that's, that's who all was entered into this contest. But, uh, so Lyle, did you have anything to close out? Yeah, I got a couple things I want to talk about. Um, number one, uh, for those of you that haven't done it so or are thinking about it, the sooner you get entered in the Monsters of the Ohio, the better off you're going to be. Don't miss out on this tournament, people. This is the most fun that you can have catfishing. It, it's just a blast. The motel rooms will start filling up. Aaron's going to get really, really busy. So the earlier you get your entry fee in, the better off you're going to be. Um, I believe it's the seventh. I'm not 100%. I didn't look it up and check myself. So if I'm if I'm wrong, Brad, you can kick me in the tail. Uh, Kansas City Catfish will be having a tournament down there. Brad. Um, Brad, you mean Aaron? Hello. You said Brad. Yeah, Brad Kilpatrick. You you were said Monsters on the Ohio. Brad Kilpatrick does not run Monsters on the Ohio. <laughs> no, I, no, I done changed subjects. I, you know, I, I was talking about getting down there and getting hooked up with Aaron and get your entry fee in, and then I said I think that uh, if I'm wrong, Brad will be all over me. Uh oh, but Kansas oh. City Catfish. <laughs> you were free doing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. March seventh at Lake of the Ozarks. This is their shootout down there. It's usually a good time. So you guys get down there and, and get in with old Brad and, and get your entry fees in. Uh, they have a few things you need to check on as far as the rules and, and entry fees and stuff for this year. But uh, hopefully there will be no ice like there was last year and we won't have to wait for takeoff and things like that. But it's always a good time down there. Um, March 21st, we still haven't come up with a date for a makeup tournament. So uh, we're, we're working on that, but March 21st will be the first Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament, providing the weather's good, no flooding, all that stuff. Uh, I'll keep everybody posted as that goes. Um, we, we was talking a minute ago about getting on there and liking or uh, subscribing to the Catfish Weekly YouTube page. We really are trying very hard to monitor the, how many people's watching the show, how many people's watch, listening to the podcast and all this stuff, if you guys would subscribe or like or dislike what some way so we can kind of keep track of how many viewers we, we're getting, it, it makes a world of difference. If you like the show, let us know you like it. If, if you don't like us, let us know that. We're, we're adaptable. We'll make changes, make it better for everybody. Uh, but we're trying to get a handle on where we're at and how many people, uh, how many people are watching and, and and whether we're doing it the way it needs to be done. If we need to make adjustments and things, so please let us know. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Uh, I, I really need to get out and go fishing. It's just so cold. I think it was seven this morning. Um, it, we was going to try to hold our other our makeup tournament this weekend, but it's not even going to be above freezing this Saturday, so uh, I just don't see how we can safely do that. I don't want anybody getting hurt, and, and uh, that's the way it'll be, and I'll visit with Alex on that uh, a day or two, but 
uh, it's just not looking real good, and we'll try to figure out something so we can get that tournament in at, at a later date. I think that's all I got, Chris. All right. I, I do know there was a few new people or new names that I've seen in the chat tonight. Um, thank you for the new people, and welcome to, to the Catfish <laughs> Weekly Chat and the Catfish Weekly Show if it was the first time joining the chat. Hopefully uh, uh, you, you participated a little bit or you've you seen that it's a good time in here. I think we had quite a few people on again tonight. It's uh, it's, it's really awesome that it's getting bigger every single week that we see that the chat numbers are getting larger and larger and more people joining. Um, uh, just so you guys know, the the Bay Advo the Bay Catfish Advocate on the on the website there that that button there you you can click on it, take you there. Uh, just just let them know about what uh, you you know, uh, what you feel about what they're doing over there. Um, basically, trying to exterminate the catfish over there, tell them that's not cool. Uh, you're not down for that, all that kind of stuff. You ain't picking up what he's putting down, whatever you need to say. Um, but just, just go do that for them. They, they, I'm, you know, they need everybody in the world's help. Uh, whoever whoever will do it, you know, I'm sure that it would be very, very much appreciated uh, by the catfish uh, supporters over there. So... Um, monsters, yeah, Aaron Wheatley, monsters on the Ohio, ninth and the tenth of October. Already fifty-nine boats paid, not just registered, paid. Almost sixty boats paid. Where's that? And we're talking, we're talking fifty-nine boats already paid for monsters on the Ohio. That's right a, that's just awesome. Yeah, and we're talking eight months away, seven yeah. months away, some right around seven and a half months. I'm not paying too early this year because I launched, uh, I think, 30 night last year, and I had about another 100 boats come by me, and that wasn't very fun. <laughs> hey, you know, not, not to change the subject or get offline or anything on that, but um, how many, uh, is there, an, Aaron, please let us know, is there an unlimited amount of boats that you'll take for this tournament? Yeah, I I've talked to him a little bit. I think I do think he has a cap of of 160 or I don't know what it was, but like somewhere where it will it will get difficult. But I could be wrong. He might he'll say something on here. Yeah, I'll let you guys know. This is is so much fun going down there. Um, you know, it, it really is, and and uh, we'll try to do a show or something down there. But it is a it is a lot of fun and. Uh, some of the the absolutely the best catfishermen in the in the United States will be at that tournament. I mean, if you want to compete against the best there is, then that you know, and, and there's great catfishermen all over. I mean, there really is, but that is the one tournament that gets them all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah welcome, Ray. That his first time in. He enjoyed it, and and thanks. So no, thank you, man. Thank you very much for coming and watching the show. Um, Trey S, you know, welcome to you as well. I think you're somebody new. I'm not positive. If you're not, I'm sorry. Um, also, you, you know, closing out for me, the uh, like I said, I'm out at the Indy Boat Sport and Travel Show. I'm in the Champions Pavilion at booth 304. If you look up on the banners, you'll see all the row aisles. There'll be like 200, 300, 400. I'll I'll be in the row 300. Um, also. This Friday, the 27th, um, I, I believe it's 2 or 3 p.m. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, 
Uh, I think it's 2 p.m. I'm going to go with 2 p.m. right now. I believe 2 p.m. at Friday the 27th, I'll be doing the seminar there at the Indy Boat Sport and Travel Show. Uh, they got the big giant bass tank behind me, and they got the bleachers and all kinds of seats out there, and it's a pretty cool little setup. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll be talking probably competitive catfishing or catfishing electronics or something along that lines. I don't know for sure yet. Um, but I'll be out there doing that then. Um, throughout the week, I should be at the booth just about every day, uh, all day long from, from opening. I believe they open from 11 a.m., and they're open till about 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. most of the days. Uh, so if you want to come by and talk some catfishing, we also have a, a raffle that we're doing out there. It gets you in for like a, uh, there's a, I think we have a, a Kuma Reel, or it might be a, it might not be a Kuma, I'm sorry. I want to say a Pinnacle Reel. It's a Pinnacle Reel. Uh, we got like a six foot cast net. It's about a $40 cast net. The reel's about a $60 reel. Uh, we do have a $60 tournament entry fee for the ICA. Um, we have a couple memberships that we're giving away, $25 memberships. Um, so there's like five prizes, and we're doing the tickets for like a dollar a piece and six for five bucks. And uh, if you want to come out and get in for that, you can do that. Um, uh, we have like a, a video there. We've got all kinds of information about some of the tournaments and things like that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of gear. There's a lot of uh, guides and things like that. So and a lot of boats out there. Unfortunately, not a lot of catfish boats, but there's some boats out there. There would have a bunch of uh, crest liners, but no intruder. Um, but they got a lot of stuff out there. A lot of RVs. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff to look at. A lot of stuff to to keep you entertained for a while. Um, so besides that, um, Hey Chuck or Chris. Yep. Aaron Wheatley says they have room for over 200 boats at the Monsters of the Ohio. Okay. Now, that will be using two different ramps, which is perfectly fine with everybody. The way they've redone that new, uh, ramp, uh, just up from the, from the boat ramp there in town. It is extremely nice, and everything's good to go. If we can get 200 people at that tournament, I do believe that would be uh, one of the biggest tournaments, probably the biggest tournament ever, and 200 of the best cat fishermen in the United States, my God, that would be a blast. Yep, absolutely. There yeah, are 200, I believe, Aaron would have to uh, figure out a new place to have the captain's meeting because <laughs> it's pretty packed at 120 or whatever we had last year. Yeah. But, you know, it would be a good problem to have. We also have a, uh, a, a thing, and I'm sorry, I just noticed this was on a message to us on Facebook. Uh, the Indiana Natural Resource Commission uh, is having a meeting coming up. Um they're wanting to get as many people there as can attend for the new regulations to make sure that they have support for this. That way that uh, if you don't show support for some of these regulations that are trying to get passed, they can throw these things out. So if you're available to make these meetings, please do. doesn't matter if it's in Indiana or Ohio or Kentucky or Missouri or Illinois, wherever it's at. Show your support if you... If you guys are for protecting these uh, breeding size fish, uh, please do that, and uh, let's try to get some try to get some of this stuff done. Absolutely, um, 
yeah, the Indiana DNR and stuff. I, I I've talked to some of them. Um, I've talked to them today and and in the past few days at the at the the travel show. They're out there. They got quite a few guys out there. Um, I've talked to them about a few different things, but yeah, the uh, the regulations, the things that the like the ICCA um, are trying to get done out there. The uh, the inland waters, some some more um, inland water protection. That you know, the, the Wabash, the white. We were talking about the Wabash earlier being the the one of the, the longest undammed river east of the Mississippi. Um, you know, I I fished that in the ICA, and again, it's it's for for a small river. You think the Ohio River small or whatever, or, or not? You know, I mean, has a ton of fish. You look at a river like the Wabash or the White, which is just really tiny compared to the Ohio River. And you see, you go up and down that river, and you see all the commercial nets that we see on them. Yeah, it's it's disheartening. I mean, it really is. They're 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 very heavily commercially fished as well uh, for big blue catfish for flatheads. And again, it's it's for the pay lake industry. Um, that's that's the main source of them now. The new breed of uh, commercial fishermen is is supplying these fish from our natural waterways to these pay lakes to live for three years. So. Or three years, three months. I they wish three they could get they yeah three months is is a good long lifespan at a at a pay lake. So, um, you know that's that's uh that's that's pretty much it. As far as the advertising, you guys know we have advertising still on the site. We have super fan. Uh, you can become a super fan for ten dollars. Uh, what that'll get you? It'll di get discount on uh, Black Horse custom rods, discount on whisker wear apparel. Um, also gets you extra entries into every contest that you enter. Every contest that you enter, you get an extra entry. Uh, so, you know, we do stuff all year long, different prizes and companies and things like that. Um, but just any one of those things alone is definitely worth 10 bucks, and it just helps us pay for our hosting and all that kind of stuff. We're not, we're not doing this we all become millionaires and, you know, cash our checks from you every week or anything. What's that? Aren't you already a millionaire? Of course, but you know, in my own okay. head, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I hope everybody uh, gets to get out and maybe do a little bit of fishing here in the next week or so. I know it's still cold quite a few places, and it's going to stay cold, at least in my area, for a while. Uh, but hopefully, uh, hopefully here soon, people get to get out and do some fishing, and. Uh, Again, on on uh, everybody that showed up today, thanks a lot. It was a great show. Uh, until next time, just stay out of my spot, guys. <laughs>